Now back to Fitness Fanatics on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Okay, we are back. We're going to keep our conversation with Beth going. I wanted to get into, it's like I told you off air, when you were telling me everything that was wrong, I was thinking, how is she still alive right now? Fun fact about Jeff, you have a like huge, I don't know what it would be called, a medical phobia or something. (laughs) You probably convinced yourself that you have stage four breast cancer at this point, the way that your brain works. (laughs) I've always that wanted... is how your brain works. No, I... And the couple times I've been in the hospital, you have a really hard time with that too. Like Bit you of have a this hypochondriac. I don't not like... so much. Just no. I've always yeah. I've always wanted to like. Could you? I, I've known people that have passed away of like aneurysms that you just didn't know you had. Yeah. And I'm always like, I wish I could just go into it. And I mean, you like going to get your uh like a PET scan or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Look at my Prevent. entire body. <laughs> Look know. at my neck. Everything. I mean, I want to see. There are screenings you can do. But for then that it's stuff. like, do I really want to do that? Because <laughs> no. what if they're like, hey, uh, the, well, so, then you want to know. But I'm yeah. just saying this is important for you to listen to Beth talking about about staying positive. positive and you know. Yeah, that's what we want to because that would about. be a struggle for you, right? Because you know, it's look how hard it is for us to stay positive when Nebraska's playing. Like these are the problems that we deal with. Like, yeah, we lose, and it's just. It's, I mean, the end of it. So I really want to talk about your mindset and how. Like even the high and low points. Yes. Because it's important to talk about. Like how you dealt dealt with that. Yeah. Getting that news and. Because it's okay to be sad and mad and whatever, but. Because I'm sure you weren't always just chipper. Oh, this is great. This is what it is. Let's do it. Yeah. Right. No. So, I mean, like I said, when I first got. When we first kind of knew, I had told my husband, and uh, I mean that at that point, I mean there there was a lot of tears that night, and it's like, God, man, like okay, we're we're not we're not telling the kids until we we know more. I mean, I guess that's another big part of it is we have, I guess we have now a, a fourteen, an eleven, and a seven year old, so they were a year younger last year when I got diagnosed, and um, so we kind of we went through and we found out everything, and then when we sat the kids down, um, I think that was probably one of the hardest things to do is tell your kids that you're sick. And mm-hmm. so our oldest is autistic. So he, he understands it, but he doesn't grasp it at the same time. And then our youngest being seven, she, or she, she didn't, she like, okay, mom's sick. It didn't really click, but our middle kiddo, he's, he's very smart and he, he had heard of cancer before. And so he kind of went down this rabbit hole of, you know, you're you're gonna die this isn't okay and um i mean watching him go through those emotions i think was probably some of the hardest uh, as a parent like that's the hardest thing is to break your kid's heart and mm-hmm. i mean and once we knew we had to make phone calls like i had to call my parents and um my mom is very level-headed and i mean and then she went into her own little deep dive of research and whatnot and then um I had asked her because two of my brothers and my dad are there and I was like, can you, can you tell them in person for me? Because I don't want them to get that news via a phone call. Mm -hmm. Like that's not fair. And, um, but I mean, every phone call we made, like you could just hear the heartbreak on the other end of the phone and like, it just, 
like we the first week and the unknown and the kind of the waiting was probably my one of my lowest points and I was like I don't do unknown very well I I am a planner I like to schedule things um and then like when we first went in the first round of chemo like I I was so the anxious like I'll never forget like my leg was like bouncing so bad and Grant's like oh my gosh like you're, <laughs> you could like run a marathon right now and I'm like <laughs> and it was like because I was like I was just so nervous cause I didn't know what to expect and mm-hmm. so once we got through the first week it kind of it got easier but at the same time they told me my second week of chemo would be when my hair would fall out mm-hmm. and um as a woman, I, like it sounds really bad. Like it makes you sound vain, but your hair is kind of part of who you are. Like you're not like mm-hmm. men can like shave their heads off and you don't get looked at like you're not, well, some might, but most don't get looked at like they're nuts. Mm-hmm. And um, so, and my hair did start falling out. And like, I, I had a moment like in the shower, your hair falls out more because you're um, sorry, your pore, <laughs> your pores open more. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so like the point when my hair was like coming out like crazy and like, I was like, I got, I was in tears and crying and upset and Grant came in and he's like, what's wrong? And he'll, he still laughs to this day. And I was like, I'm going to be a naked mole rat. Like, and that's how I deal with things. I was like, I cracked a joke. He's like, oh my gosh, that's awful. I was like, I'm going to look like a naked mole rat. It's going to be awful. And like, (laughs) and that was my breakdown. And I still had fairly amount of hair. And then like, it was a week later I was like, I threw my hair up in a ponytail. I went and got my white blood cell shot, ran my errands. And I was like, I knew that day was the last day I'd have hair. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that night when I showered, I would mean, it was just handful after handful. And then, um, I mean, for my husband, that was probably one of the hardest nights for him because I got out of the shower. I didn't look in the mirror and I was like, um, I was like, you, I, you need to take care of this. And he's like, I don't think I can. I mean, and his hand mm-hmm. was shaking so bad. And for those who don't know Grant, like, I mean, he's a fairly, like, he's a goofy guy. Yeah. And I mean... Mm-hmm. He he's like whatever anything you want you need it he'll do it and like that he that was his breaking point too it's like once you lose your hair it's like the cancer became real yeah because yeah. everything else is happening inside yeah. you don't have that actual yeah. physical like evidence of something oh exactly mm-hmm. and so at that and at that point I mean like I said that was probably his mine was the week before like when I called myself a naked mole rat I was like mm-hmm. that was my down point I was like okay. I'm done. I've had my pity party. Like I've always lived by the philosophy, you know, if something, something's bugging you, give yourself 10 minutes, get it out, kick, scream, whatever you need to do, pick yourself back up, find the silver lining and move on because there's no sense in living in that negative point in mm-hmm. your life. Like I, I have never been a person to live in that negative. Like I can't do it. It drives right. me nuts. Makes it worse. And so, I mean, and that night when we like he shaved my head and he'll laugh to you because now now we talk about it a year later and we can laugh at it. he's like you do know that you look like the crib keeper right i'm like oh thanks thanks a lot love it yeah and, um, but after we did that we the kids were already in bed and so we pulled him out of bed because i didn't want him to wake up in the morning and come into the kitchen to see a bald mom mm-hmm. and so we brought him in and that's when it became extra real to them and that that's still one of the moments that um it's it was it's one of the hardest moments I've ever had mm-hmm. and I mean um our oldest he didn't really say anything at first but the next morning he was like hey mom what all do I need to build a time machine mm. and I'm like oh my gosh and I'm like well he's like I don't know and he's like well I think I'm gonna figure it out do you think my lego pieces will work mm-hmm. and then we can build a time machine and then go mm. back and I was like oh okay and that's how his brain works yeah and then our middle kiddo, I mean, he just, he broke down in tears. I mean, and he, he, he basically fell asleep crying. I mean, he was just so upset. 
And I told you earlier, there was at one point he wrote a, he wrote a letter or he, he left me a letter in my, cause I was doing college classes. So he put it into my computer and I opened it up and there was a letter and he, he's an amazing drawer. So he drew like a picture of Spider-Man or whatever. And he's like, mom, you're, you're my hero. I wish that this cancer would go away. And then, you know, I wish I could take it away from you. And as a mom, you, you'd like, no, like mm-hmm. th- this is mine to deal with. I never want this to happen to you. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he, he's our sensitive soul. And I mean, in through this whole thing, he's just been very, he, he's very in tune to what's going on. And then our daughter, when she saw I had no hair being seven and our only girl, she's like, <gasps> mom Mm -hmm. your hair i mean like the whole no hair thing like she was so upset and she's like i'm gonna forget what you look like (laughs) like my face is still the same yeah Yeah. and she was convinced she's like mom your hair is gonna grow back pink and purple i was like oh lord i hope not yeah (laughs) but okay and so i mean and that was probably i feel like that was that point was the low point for all of us and so like going forward like we kind of got into a routine but there was one point when my white blood cell count like i knew if it was too too if it's too low you can't have chemo i didn't know if it was too high you couldn't have chemo Mm -hmm. like there's this like little magical box you have to be in and so and i said i'm a planner and so it kicked my chemo back a week Mm -hmm. and like i was completely frustrated and like that i think that was the one time i actually like broke down in tears because i was like okay i have it figured out we're doing xyz on these days and it's fine but the day that they're like no this isn't it and i was like like broke down totally bawling because I didn't have control over it anymore. I was like, I couldn't, I didn't have control over getting it, but I felt like I at least had a little bit of control knowing I had a set schedule. It was written down. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I know. Written down. Yes. And it's like, okay. And like every week I have to do lab, or I had to do labs. I do labs (laughs) monthly now, but like I would get the numbers and I like, I would, I researched what the numbers meant. And so they give them to me and I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay. Because like my, one of my liver numbers, like the normal range, like the high of the normal range is like 150. Mine was like 3,000. Oh my gosh. It, like it was super, super bad. And they're like, oh, it's not bad. I was like, y'all are nuts. That yeah. is insane. Like yeah. you, you don't have to lie to me. Like do not, do not sugarcoat it. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm dying, let me know. I want to go do something fun. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, and it helps that NHO has such, like their staff is so upbeat too. But I mean, they say the same things kind of like you did. Like how, how are you still so positive? How are you doing all this? It's like, it's just, it's just how I am. Like mm-hmm. if, if I'm not happy and I'm the one sitting here like, oh, this is awful. Oh, this is how I'm going to go out. I was like, then what? what's the, why am I sitting here? Mm-hmm. Why am I trying these treatments if I have no intent of having a good life and mm-hmm. doing things? Yeah, that's a really good point. So it's like kind of what we do. I mean, and I know like I do scans every three months and I can still see it. Like on our middle kiddo's face is the biggest one. Like he sees the nasty drinks in the fridge and like you can see my kids hold their breath like I do. And I mm-hmm. get, I call it, I mean, this is a real thing, it's scan anxiety. Mm-hmm. And like I pull into the AMI parking lot and I was like, I still like anxiety comes over me and it's like, I don't want to do this. I just want to go home. I just want to crawl in bed. And like, I just, it's awful. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and during like my 10 week challenge, I was doing my pet scan. And then when I was going in and scan anxiety is bad enough when you go in and everything works like it should. Well, my PET scan, I went in and the machine broke right before I got in it. Mm-hmm. They didn't have it fixed for like two weeks. And so and with a PET scan, you have to go on basically a no carb, high protein diet 
and I am a carb lover. <laughs> and I was And you're like, working out all yes. six yes. days yes. a week. And I was working out and like yeah. I was fear like I was not a happy person yeah. for those two <laughs> weeks. Like I would come into the gym and I'm just like, Don't talk to me. Yeah. Leave me alone. And like it was bad. That and was that five week testing too. Because yes. we talked about it when you did your and five week testing. I was it was and it was bad. And I was like, you know, and I'd wish I wish that on no one. And yeah. it's like, you know, I'm already waiting for a PET scan. Which is that at that point it was determining a lot of things because I had one of my numbers was actually higher and my oncologist is like, Oh, it's progression, it's progression. And I'm like, you know, no, it's not. And she's like, But it is. I was like, No, I was like, I am telling you right now, it's not. Like mm-hmm. I get this one number is going up. I was like, But none of my other numbers are going up. I don't feel any extra pain in my body and I'm very in tune to my body. Mm-hmm. I was like, It's not that and she's like, Oh yeah, it is. I was like, Mm-mm. So the PET scan came back and it's like I had actually a lot less cancer and everything. So and I was like, they called to give me the results. I was like, oh, I already got him in my email. It's OK. And I was like, can mm-hmm. you make sure you tell my oncologist I told you so? Yeah. And he's yes. like, do I have to do that? I was like, yes, <laughs> yeah. yes, do. And then call me back and let me know what she says. <laughs> and it's like, you know, and it's those things. It's like you have to have a positive mindset because if I sat there waiting for my PET scan thinking, oh, it's going to be worse. Oh, you know, I'm going to go back onto IV chemo and all this. I was like, you basically dig yourself a hole and you're burying yourself up before it's your time. Mm-hmm. Like, and I was like, you can't do, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, so Grant did the 10 week challenge. I was trying to think of my, I can't remember if he did the fall challenge in October or if he did the January challenge. No, I'm pretty it sure October. it was October. Okay. Yeah. So because he was driving around, with the Santa Claus in his truck. Oh, that's truck. right. Yes. yes. Okay, yeah, I remember that. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes. And so you, you, I know throughout his time at Farrell's, you were, you tried to do some at-home stuff, and um, and then you, you signed up and just did this last ten-week challenge over the summer. And I remember bringing you up front at orientation, and maybe this is the reason we had such an amazing finishing rate, <laughs> yeah, and conversion rate because I was just like, okay, this is Beth. She is currently fighting. Stage four cancer mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. And here she is at her orientation. Now, if she can come and work out every day and finish this 10 weeks while fighting cancer, mm-hmm. what excuse do you have? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my, my dog's sick and I just, <laughs> yeah, I can't come to the gym. Like all these little things that we just come up with, like why we can't do something or why we can't eat right or finish something. And, but it, we did have an amazing finishing rate. And uh, hopefully everybody <laughs> that was there was like, okay, I really don't want to go to the gym, but Beth's going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. So what's my excuse? I'm just, I'm tired. Right. Well, you don't think she's tired? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, just amazing. You, and I know everybody that works out with you just loves it when you're there and sees your energy. And, and we've had quite a few 6 PMers message the show. So they're yeah. listening that. <laughs> Yeah, have instructed, you know, in, in the classes and stuff. So you're just an inspiration, everybody that goes to Farrell's and that knows you at the Meadow Lane location. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, you're just doing an awesome job. Yay. What's our <laughs> how much how far before break, Harrison? Uh, we can go to break now. Otherwise, we got about three minutes max. OK, just want to get a quick update on where you're at now mm-hmm. a year later, like as far as like the cancer goes. I mean, as far as the cancer goes, so like I said, originally it was from like the base of my my head all the way through my hips and my bones and lungs, liver, and then the left breast. Um, and then so as as of August for the PET scan, I have another scan in November, but um, 
It's completely resolved in the breast. It's completely resolved in the lungs. The liver, they don't say completely resolved because on a PET scan, it kind of, it's active on there. So it's hard to see, but there was no extra spots. So mm-hmm. we are assuming it's gone. We'll know in November, like we're optimally, whatever, optim. I can't say optimistically. Yes, we're up. Yeah, so we're hoping that <laughs> yeah. it's we're hoping it's <laughs> gone. Um, we're kind of fingers crossed. But if it's not, we're like it's a very small amount, and so and now it's just it's still in my bones, but it's at like an eighth of what it was originally. And so because we went so aggressive at first, and like I was on top of like getting my ovaries out and everything, um, I think that's why we are where we're at now. Which I mean. The oncologist, we had a talk at my one-year mark, and she's like, you know, I wouldn't have told you this before. She's like, but honestly, I'm surprised you're still sitting here. I was like, oh, I'm yeah. so glad. I was like, you can't get rid of me that fast. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so you'll have to do those tests For forever. the rest of my life. Every yeah. three months for the rest of my life. Just to check and make sure and, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. reassess. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to go to break. We're going to wrap things up here on 93.7 The Ticket. We'll be right back.